0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to cove's corner we all know washington football team needs a linebacker to add to this defense it's the missing piece one of the maybe two missing pieces to make this a truly great defense and there's some good targets in this upcoming draft and this rapidly approaching draft but the pool dries up quick after doing some research i've concluded that it's a rather it's closer to a top heavy class than it is to a deep class in my opinion and if we go into this draft we come out of this draft acquiring an offensive tackle and a linebacker within round one and two within the first two rounds. Any combo of that would be a pretty, pretty happy scenario for me. That's the most likely option. There are other potential outcomes that would please me, but they're very circumstantial, very specific. If I had to just choose based off position group wise, what target what I want to target in round one and two, give me a linebacker and an offensive tackle no matter how you shake it uh, but another one of those options that I would like is rumored to be in the case. We might be in the Trey Lance sweepstakes. We are rumored, thanks to Michael Lombardi, he's saying that he knows we love Trey Lance, and he has a feeling that Washington is the next team to make a big move for a quarterback. It seems like at the right time. They have a young roster, talented roster. Um We have the bridge quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and this is a very polarizing move, obviously, within the draft community, Red Teams fans, Washington fans on Twitter. My apologies for the slip-up there. And I'm honestly for it because the way I see it, it's honestly going to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Lombardi talked about Trey Lance. If it's Justin Fields, I'd like it too. I really love Trey Lance's tape, and I really like Justin Fields' tape. So I prefer Lance, but I'd be happy with either. And the way I see it, we can get pick four with Atlanta, who's apparently openly shopping that pick. Or depending on how the board falls, we could go pick seven with Detroit or maybe even pick eight with Carolina now that they traded for Sam Darnold. So there's, we got a lot of options. I don't think it's going to cost too much to move up, especially if it's pick seven or pick eight. I mean, moving up to Patrick Mahomes costs like a first-rounder and a third-rounder. Moving up to get Patrick Mahomes when the Chiefs move up to pick ten to get him in that draft class. So that's something I would definitely do. That's definitely worth it. I mean, we would just basically swap first-rounders, trade uh, next year's first, and then a couple third-rounders maybe. I would definitely do that for a franchise quarterback, especially someone as high upside as Justin or Trey Lance, and they can come in and sit behind the super veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick on a team that might actually be playing for something, might actually be playing in the playoffs. They can sit and learn behind a veteran, watch this young team grow, watch this defense grow. I think it's a great option. Obviously, that would almost negate a lot of this episode because I talk a lot about round one targets and linebacker, and we might have to part with the second round pick if we were to do this trade as well. And there's also a lot of second round pick target talk as well. But basically I would be thrilled to land a potential franchise quarterback. I just don't want that one to be Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones can be an effective quarterback, but I don't think he's a game changer. If we're trading up, I want a game changer, which I think Trey Lance or Justin Fields could be given the proper coaching, proper time. And I think this is the opportunity for that to happen. I know, Coach Ron was talking about how he doesn't feel rushed. I'm sure he doesn't feel rushed to find the franchise quarterback. Sure, that's but if he likes one now, like why not pull the trigger now when you've got a good setup? And I don't think he's going to force it, but I think if there's a pri- there's probably a price that they're willing to pay if they really like one of these guys. And if if it's if it's made available, sure, why not go for it? So I would be pretty excited. I mean, how could you not be excited about trading up for? An athletic quarterback like Chesterfield or Trey Lance, even if you don't like them that much. But let's go ahead and let's talk some linebackers, guys, because odds are we're not trading up. I know there's always rumors about trading up, there's always crazy rumors. Odds are we're not going to trade up. It's the season of lying, it's lying season, so don't believe anything, any of the rumors. We just got to touch on them, of course. But let's talk linebackers because we're likely to stick at pick 19, and there's a couple targets that I really like there. Do, do, think it is how we do. I got two quick things to talk about before I talk about some of the potential targets in this upcoming draft. And first off are some of the prospects that I omitted, because there's a couple notable names for if you are a college football or NFL draft fanatic, such as myself. These are some names from notable schools that you'll know if you're a college football or NFL draft fan. And those are Nick Bolton from Missouri, Monty Rice from Georgia, Cameron McGroan from Michigan, KJ Britt from Auburn, Tuff Borland and Justin Hilliard, both OSU guys, Derek Barnes from Purdue and Patty Fisher from Northwestern. All those guys, they're more so of the middle, the true Mike linebackers. They're less athletic. They lack coverage ability. I'm not saying they can't develop and can't become good players in the NFL, but our defense right now is really lacking an athletic, an athletic middle linebacker that can cover someone, a modern day middle linebacker, someone that won't leave the field, a three down player. I don't want a two down linebacker like someone like Nick Bolden is. And a lot of these guys, like yeah, i, I there're a lot of fun players to watch a lot of high energy hard hitters thumpers like i said true mike linebackers and when you see, what you see with mike linebackers is there's a lot of really good high school mike linebackers that don't translate to college because they just lack the athleticism but they're really good in high school and then that goes a step further into the NFL so there's some really good college middle linebackers that don't translate to the NFL especially now with the with the passing down game with the passing game the way the passing game has evolved over the course of the past uh, decade or so decades and it's not I'm not trying to knock him too much of a player but I just don't think that's what our defense needs right now so some good players some of which especially the OSU guys had some good senior bowls but I'm just not interested in any of those guys and next up is I want to talk about Khalid Hudson because he's a rookie from last year outside linebacker safety hybrid almost and he's fifth round draft pick didn't have huge expectations coming in, but he's special teams ace, played really well in special teams, got two starts, and I thought played pretty well in the snaps that he got. He really impressed me, and he's built like a football pit bull. I watched his rookie tape, or his rookie highlights, and then some, some of his college tape, just to compare some of these uh, linebackers to in this upcoming draft, because he's kind of the forgotten piece in the linebacker room, I think. I think he developed, I think, like I said, I think he showed promise in his rookie year, and I think he will grow in this defense he's likely a role player but I think he's still competing for some significant snaps and he's honestly emerging as one of my favorite players if he can stay one of our core special teams player and be competitive get some good snaps in there have some good tackles for losses make some big hits he's one of my favorite players he like I said he's built like a pit bull small guy but he's pretty stocky he's fast he's physical he hits uh so yeah like I said even if he doesn't pan out He's going to be help you out on special teams. He was already special teams ace last year. He made some really good special teams tackles. He blocked like five punts at Michigan, which is absolutely absurd. So watch out for Khalid Hudson to get some snaps. But I wanted to talk about him for a second just because I think he will be fighting for some snaps. And if we are end up targeting linebackers in rounds three to five range, which I hope to target earlier, but if that's where we end up with how the board falls in the rounds three to five, I think Khalid Hudson might actually have the chance to really step up on this defense and get some significant playing time and I I hope to see him grow I would not be upset to see him pan out and be a significant tri- contributor for us but I do think we are going to attack linebacker in the first two rounds and I think we should and I think we'll get a starter in there as we'll get into in just a second so let's go ahead and dive in to these players, right off the bat, I'll talk about someone that I've talked about before on the show. That's Jeremiah Wusukormoa, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Super athletic, he's really modern day guy. Some people see him more so as a safety. I think he can play linebacker and should play linebacker in this defense for us. He's twitchy, jumpy. He's a huge hitter. He has multiple highlight hits in multiple games. Playmaker, high-energy player, good tackler, really good on the blitz. You can bring him in the middle, off the edge. He's really fast, gives offensive tackles trouble, gives guards trouble. He's really physical. He's not the biggest, but he's willing to use his body and throw his body in there, which is not always the best thing, but he's willing. That's what I like to see. And he's got coverage potential. He did a lot of different coverage. Had a lot of different books and coverage at Notre Dame. Did well in it, and he has athletic potential to grow. Super fast player. Like I said, he's almost a safety. Some of the cons, because he's almost like a safety, He's like he's got that tweener label, you know, like the Dan Buchanan, the Mark Barron, almost the linebacker safety hybrid. Lots of them have very good careers, but the thing is, lots of them come in and kind of so sort of start their career, like Dan Buchanan. Like Mark Barron and Hassan Reddick is another name. He's a little different because he was more so a hybrid between an edge and a stand-up linebacker, but still same kind of thing. You gotta have a defensive coordinator that is willing to work through some lumps or just be really creative and right off the bat, you know, and just be be able to get the train rolling right away. So I wouldn't be surprised if to see Wooseok Cornell come in and kind of struggle a little bit at the beginning, but I'm not necessarily predicting that. I think if we got him, that'd be an excellent choice. He's right up there with Derisaw, and the next guy I'm going to talk about in just a second, but. These three guys are my three favorite options in round one. If we were to just sit at uh, pick 19, Owusu-Koromoa, Derisaw, this next guy, are pretty much my favorite options. So, yes, there's a couple flaws to Owusu-Koromoa's game. Yes, he does have some bust potential. Like I said, we've seen some of these athletic hybrid-type players not pan out, but then you also see players like Miles Jack. Or I've seen Lance Zierlein compare Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa to Derwin James. I think they're different players, but still maybe similar impact. If we draft J.O.K., I would like him to add a little bit of weight. That's going to be the case with a couple of these guys, a couple of these linebackers. It's just the way the game has evolved. But that's not necessarily a huge con. Even if they don't, they he hasn't struggled with injuries at Notre Dame. I would love to see him in the Burgundy and Gold. I'd love to draft Ushu Korma. The other linebacker option I'm just all about at pick 19 is Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. I absolutely love Zayvon Collins. He's huge. He's fast. Let me get talking his cons real quick. Obviously, he's playing at Tulsa, so he's not playing the best competition week in, week out, but he was pretty dominant where he played, and that's still D1 football. Uh, Coverage is always going to be a question for these linebackers coming out, even if he does have some very good reps and coverage at Tulsa, and he actually is pretty productive as far as getting his hands on the ball and getting picks even, but it's always a different game when you're moving on to the NFL, and he was usually the best athlete on the field at Tulsa, I'd say, at least up there, but... So you don't know how it's going to translate because that's not going to necessarily be the case all the time in the NFL. Even though he is an athletic freak, yeah, he's not the most instinctive player. That's it on the cons. I really like Saving Collins a lot. He, like I said, he's huge. He's fast. He's got real edge ability. He could probably be a full-time edge player if you ask me. He's not. I like him at inside linebacker, and I would like to keep him there. Inside outside linebacker for us could play either. um, I don't know where JDR would put him, but we could bring him off the edge if we want to. He's real versatile. He's really hard. He's a real hard hitter. He's, he can hit. He brings the boom. I've seen people question his mentality, like his mean streak, but I think he plays with it. I've seen him hit plenty hard. He can't over pursue at times, I guess, but he's also very opportunistic. Like I said, he gets his hands on a lot of passes, whether that's banging the ball or getting a pick. He really just seemed to be in the right place at the right time on many occasions, which you always like to see. And when that happens consistently with a player, they're probably doing something right. So in short, he's one of the best options available at 19 for me. He could play linebacker and edge for us. That would kind of knock back the edge need that we have because we do like still like Bostic, apparently. So if we want to get Bostic some snaps, we can move Collins in and rotate young or sweat out. We might not have to draft an edge player or sign an edge player, even though I'm still for Kerrigan in the Union, of course. But Collins is a huge athletic freak that could be scary behind this defensive line and even contributing on this defensive line. He's probably the most exciting linebacker addition to me. I mean, Alusa Kormo is awesome, but Zabin Collins is more of a true linebacker than Alusa Kormo. But I'm happy with either. I think either would be a very big playmaker in this defense. JOK from Notre Dame is going to be faster like I said, more maybe more of a Derwin James, Jamal Adams esque player. I'm not comparing him to them. I'm just, that's more the impact. But Daven Collins, you know, he's bigger athletic, but he still can run. He's kind of like a Tremaine Edmonds type impact player if he pans out. He's a little bit he's thicker stockier than uh Edmonds is, but that's a player obviously I love coming out of Virginia Tech and he's absolutely dominating the NFL and Buffalo, up there in Buffalo at a very young age. So if we could add up Tremaine Edmonds or Derwin James type pieces defense, I'm all for it. I've seen some people talk about wanting to trade back if we're going to take a linebacker. I would like trading back, I guess, like, go ahead, but I'm perfectly fine taking Owusu at Collins at 19. I think the value is perfectly fine there. But speaking of value, let's bring up the next option, which I still am for at pick 19 in the grand scheme of things. But it's an interesting question because he talent-wise, he's arguably top five, definitely top ten, but arguably a top five pick, depending on the draft. But even in this draft class here, that's Michael Parsons from Penn State. But he's got character concerns that off the field was involved in the Penn State hazing scandal a little while back. So there's questions. There's some rumors that he might slip. Who knows how far? There's a chance he's there at 19. Talent-wise, he probably should not be there at 19. But if he is, you got to play the board as it falls. And basically, I was a little disappointed by the tape. I, he puts up crazy numbers. He's an athletic freak, had a crazy pro day. But I was a little disappointed by the tape. I didn't think he put it there together consistently. He also didn't play twenty twenty, But he had a dis- decent amount of almost plays where he would almost get there, but he would either make a questionable call or somehow just miss for some reason. But he has huge flash plays, and they're eye-popping. He has all the traits. Like I said, he's huge. He's athletic. I think he ran a four three something. It's pro day. I know everyone's running four threes, but he's very fast, especially for his size. He can move super easily. He shouldn't be available in nineteen. Like I said, because of his talent, but he's a huge slip candidate. Still might not be there at nineteen. Maybe he won't slip past a team like New England. But basically. He could come into this defense and he's another really versatile piece just due to his athleticism and his big playability. Like he, his pros are his flash plays, his insane athleticism. He's fast. He's physical. He's a good blitzer. We could also use him on the edge and bring him on the blitz and he uses his size. Well, I thought he used his well size well against blockers. Uh, Even if he wasn't necessarily beating the block, he would not get, not get beat by the block, but his cons his inconsistency was showed up from time to time. he had, He had some misses, like I said, some almost plays, in my opinion. His eyes were questionable to me. He made some weird calls in the run game when attacking, I think maybe just being overly aggressive or just not seeing the play the right way. And obviously, I mentioned the character concerns. But basically, Michael Parsons is super talented, and if we draft him, I'm just going to trust that our coaching staff has vetted him and our front office has vetted him and they gave him the stamp of approval. The stuff in his past is in his past. Maybe we don't have the full story. You never know. I never want to judge. But basically, if he's there and we pass on him, I'm going to trust that we either just were not confident or we found something we did not like about it and I would not be upset about passing him. So a little bit of an interesting case with Michael Parsons because he's got all the talent. I'd love to see him in this defense, but if he's someone that Ron and Co are scared of, I'm not going to blame it, especially after players like Seward Cravens, Darius Geis, second rounders, sure, but their careers didn't work out for different reasons. I just don't want to bring in anyone, someone with character concerns that waste them, that we could potentially waste the number 19 pick. And the last round one target for me at linebacker is Jamin Davis from Kentucky, and he's another athletic freak. I mean, noticing a theme here, He want an athletic middle linebacker in the modern day NFL. We already have a pretty good linebacker, Cole Holcomb. Let's get him a pairing. Jamin Davis could be that. He's fast, he's long, he's athletic. He ran a four three seven forty, and that shows up on tape. He runs well, and he reacts well. I thought he had pretty good eyes, contrary to Michael Parsons, as I was just talking about. He's got the big hit potential, and he can cover a lot of ground, and he makes the highlight plays. So basically, any of these round one guys in linebacker are going to be playmakers. They have that big playability, and that's exactly what I want to see from a round one linebacker. I think all four of these guys have potential to do it. I'm a little lower on Davis. I just think he's skinny. He lacks strength. It's not too much of a con. That's not something that can be fixed. I think he can get strong. He can add a little bulk if need be. The coverage, I was mixed on coverage tape. He didn't do a lot of good in coverage, I'd say. Not a lot of variety. He got beat sometimes. Didn't see a lot there. He was turned around a lot. And he also turns around a lot in the run game. It's, it's, I think he gets away with it because of his athleticism. He can recover well. But he just, again, makes a couple weird calls. So there's some weird things about his game. He definitely, on back to the coverage real quick. He definitely has potential in coverage. Like I said, he runs that 4-3-7 and it shows he can cover ground. He's long, athletic, so he can match up well. He Measurably, he match up, matches up well against a player like a tight end or maybe even a slot if he had to. But I just didn't see the coverage there consistently. So he's got some work to do there. And while he's a very good prospect, I would prefer to go elsewhere at 19, someone that is more dynamic in covering the slot like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa or a more dynamic, true linebacker like Zayden Collins. But if those guys are gone, or maybe if we trade back in round one, Davis is a great target. He's got a lot of the traits. Even if we took him at 19, I wouldn't be upset. It depends on how the board falls. But he's a player with a lot of potential on this defense, on this already pretty stacked defensive roster. Now, moving on to round two, there's a couple names I really like here. Uh, if we go choose to go offensive tackle, maybe even wide receiver, playmaker. However we choose to go in round one, there's a couple names I like in round two that I think we could still get a starting caliber player as a rookie. And I'm going to start with my guy Dylan Moses, the Alabama Crimson Tide member. I absolutely love Dylan Moses' tape. There was almost zero negatives to his tape in my eyes when I was watching the film. Medicals are the big thing, and that's a scary thing. That's why he drops to round two. He struggled with injuries throughout his career. He struggled to stay on the field, and that's something that you can't have, especially on a at a player, I'm stressing this need for an inside linebacker. We need a linebacker, but we get. Why would we get one that can't play? If you get one that can't play, then what good did you do? But I absolutely love Dylan Moses. If he can stay healthy, he's super athletic. I thought he's he's a little skinny. He could put on a little bit of weight, but he's long. He's a hard hitter. I thought I did see people write online that he's not a good hitter, but I saw him have plenty of solid hits. He's maybe not the most highlight hitter player, most not the biggest hit player, not a camp chancellor type guy, but he, it's funny how hard if you ask me. I think his opponents feel it. He's smart and, and instructive, intuitive. I feel like he has, he sees the field. Well, he has that, he has a leadership role. He's, he's a great prospect. I, I love, I love Dylan Moses and I think he would mesh well With this roster, I would love to see him on this team if we choose to go. Darius and Moses would be a dream draft duo for me. It's not the only one I like. There's multiple ones I'd be happy with, but Darius and Moses, I'm walking out of the first two rounds of the draft, thrilled as can be. Now, the other name I like in round two is Baron Browning from Ohio State. His biggest cons are his lack of instincts. I wouldn't call it lack of instincts, I guess, but he might be a little slower to diagnose. He doesn't have that. Quick read and react ability, at least from what we've seen so far. And to me, he does. If he puts on a little bit of weight, maybe I think he could be just a John Bosick 2.0. I'm not sure why I just got that vibe a little bit from him. Let's get to the pros because I do like him a lot as a target. And I will say he's been a target I've liked since the Senior Bowl. He really caught my eye at the Senior Bowl. I thought he looked very athletic. They moved him around a lot there, played him at edge. And he's, like I said, he's athletic, he's thick, he's versatile. He can play edge. He did it some at Ohio State, and they did it in the senior bowl. They showcased it there. He's got coverage potential. He did well in coverage. He had a very good game against Pat Fryermuth, who's one of the top tight end targets in this tar- in this class, arguably the second best target behind Kyle Pitts in this class. So that's definitely a plus to see. He had a very good game covering him, and I think he had a very good senior bowl from what I saw. I heard he had a good practice week. I really like Baron Browning from Ohio State. I would not be upset to see his draft in round two. He might still be there in round three. There's some good linebackers, and they. I'm not sure where exactly they're going to go. We might see a little run late in the first, early in the second, and he could be a part of that early second round. But he could slip a little bit. If he does to the third, that's a thrilling scenario for us. I mean, we'd be licking our chops to draft him in the third round, if you ask me. But I'd be perfectly happy to draft Baron Browning in round two. I think I like Dylan Moses better. But like I said, if his medicals are a question mark for us, too much of a question mark for us, maybe we go to another big time school in OSU in Columbus. We've, we've reaped the talent from both, school, both of those schools, Alabama and Ohio State, plenty before. We put like Terry McLaurin, John Allen. I don't need to go through the list. You guys know the players. It's worked out well. I say let's continue that trend and one of those guys in round two. Very welcome addition to this defense. Come on aboard. Next two names I want to talk about were other disappointments of mine when I turned on the tape. Both Chaz Surratt and Jabril Cox are names that have been getting some round two love, some earlier in the draft love. Not necessarily round one. Jabril Cox, I've seen a little bit of that, but not very much. It's mostly round two, round three, and I was excited to watch both of them. Chaz Surratt, I've liked, I've followed his career a little bit. I'm a Hokey fan, of course, so I've he was a former UNC quarterback, made the switch to linebacker, and that's gonna be one of his cons is I don't think he really has those linebacker instincts yet. I think he's a smart football player and I like his reactions to quarterback sometimes. I think it's an interesting perspective considering he was a college football quarterback and then he made the transition to linebacker, so he's got a good mindset when reading a quarterback, but I don't think he has those instincts. He did not he wasn't as involved. As I as I'd like him to be, he got he's pretty thick, but he's still a little bit of that tweener, still lacking in that in that size some. And he's not as dynamic as an athlete as like a Wusu Kormo is, who can fly around the field. app can run. Don't get me wrong, he is pretty athletic, but he's not a JOK type athlete. I want to see him just involved in more plays, especially in the run game. There was another linebacker that kept catching my eye, and he's still going back to UNC this year, but he's a little bit bigger, similar play style, but was way more involved in the game. It's Jeremiah Gimmel. He's still going to go back to UNC, but he kept stealing my eyes away from Chas when I was watching the film, which is a bad sign when you're trying to watch a specific player. You want them to be able to keep your attention, which, of course, I kept my attention. I made myself, but I kept catching... I kept wanting to watch Jeremiah Gimmel. He was the guy I wanted to watch. I was like, damn, is this guy in this draft? But no, he's going back to UNC. Chas in the draft. I'm not trying to shit on him too much. He's not a bad target. It's just, I was hoping maybe to see a second, third round target out of him, and I'm really leaning towards third to fifth round, fourth to fifth round, really. I'd like, if we draft him in the third, I hope it's with the second, third round we have. But he definitely has some potential. I, like I said, I like his mindset, his smart, his potential, smart potential. Uh, he's, he's fast, he's athletic. He's a good tackler, good form tackler, which you wouldn't necessarily expect from a former quarterback, but he's not going to be missing tackles. Even though he's not the strongest, he's a good form tackler, and he's got the coverage potential because of how well he moves. And like I said, he's thick, so he's he could line up decently well against tight ends, even though he's not the tallest guy. He's a smart, athletic, modern-day linebacker. He can be dominated by the offensive line in both the rush and pass game. If they get their hands on him, he's not the strongest. He's not really going to shake it no chance he blows through the block, but he's not great at shaking the block, shaking the block either, but he does have that form tackling going for him, he does have his speed going for him, so he's got some coverage potential, I like him in round four best, R- round threes, whatever, I'll take it, round five would be, I'd be thrilled to get him in round five, we could have that Tar Heel duo with him and Holcomb, but Chesterad is a prospect I'm not super high on, hoping we don't draft him too high, I don't think we'll, see him called on day two, at least to uh, to D.C. And then we got the former North Dakota State University Bison, who transferred to LSU, became a Tiger, Jabril Cox. I was not sold on him at all either. I thought his tape, he lacked that energy. He lacked that ag- aggressiveness you want from a linebacker. J.O.K. had it. Javin Collins had it. Michael Parsons had it. Jabril Cox did not. He seemed to play lackadaisical. He can run well. He's got length. He's got speed. He's got coverage potential. He's that modern-day guy that I keep talking about in this episode, but I thought he was lackadaisical. It just He can move well. It looks like he's gliding, so he takes strides. It may, that. That's why, in some ways, it's a little misleading, but it also looks like he's not always putting the, the max effort he could in. I want to see him involved in more plays too. I don't think he brings anything as a blitzer. He, I never saw him get through the line ball well unless it was a wide open hole and he's too skinny. He needs to put on weight. So I was extremely disappointed in Cox's game because I know he was a huge transfer target on the, in the transfer portal market when he was leaving North Dakota State, went to LSU high profile school, obviously. Obviously this year was crazy as well. So it didn't really go as planned for LSU. They were not as good as the team the year before. Cox has a lot of draft hype right now he still had a pretty good year he does have some flash plays to him but a lot of them I thought was handed to him I know I said saving Collins was opportunistic as a plus Jabril Cox is opportunistic but he like I said he lacks that energy so when he gets a play handed to him I don't see this opportunistic I see it as he gets the play handed to him when saving Collins gets a play handed to him I'm like oh he was right place at the right time it's so it's a little bit of the perception thing but I think there's some truth in there as well he was not super consistent in the past game, despite that uh, athletic ability, despite that potential. So that's a plus. That is why I would be okay drafting him in round three. He's, he's big. He's long. He's fast. NFL coaching, NFL weight room can fix a lot of these worries, maybe, if he's got that dedication. So third round max target for me, I'd be perfectly happy drafting him in the fourth round. If he's in the fifth round, he will not be in the fifth round, almost certainly. But if he was, that'd be great. Third round target. Again, I hope it's the second pick in the third round that we have if we are to draft him with it. But it's not the end of the world if we end up with Jabril Cox. I know we so like Bostic. I've talked about how much I don't like Bostic, but I do like Holcomb and I do like Hudson. So, Jabril Cox, come on in. You got some time to develop and you can get some significant snaps here as well. And I'll close out with a couple later round guys. First up, we got another Ohio State linebacker. They have four draft eligible in this draft. One, I omitted Tough Borland because he's really that true Mike linebacker, like I said earlier. The other one was more, he had some injuries, wasn't on the field a ton. He's more of a special teams player. I watched a little bit of him, just was not sold. I decided to focus on these other two. I already talked about Baron Browning a minute ago. Now we got Pete Werner, Pete Werner. Uh, he was pretty athletic. He's a little bit of that tweener again. He's fast, athletic, got that coverage potential, but he, Doesn't offer much in the run game. I don't think he offers much as a blitzer, although he is fast, so he can get through the line. If he gets a good jump, if he has a good lane available to him, he needs to get stronger. But he does have good build, and I think he has good athletic profile. He needs to get better at tackling in general. He's a late-round target to me. He's a fifth, sixth-rounder that I would like to add to this roster. I'd hope we get another linebacker like Zayven Collins, like J.O.K., earlier in the draft if we already, or sign a linebacker, I guess. There's not really much left, especially now Eric Wilson just signed. Damian Wilson signed as well. So linebacker market on free agency is pretty short up. We'd have to draft a linebacker earlier. P. Werner and P. Werner, he would be really a special teams player for us. Might get some snaps. I think Lee Hudson would maybe beat him out. He's a little more enticing than Khalid Hudson in some ways because he's, I guess, similar play style, but he's longer. But Khalid Hudson is way better play style, way more explosive, way better tackler. So, P. Werner, again, welcome to D.C., but you're not someone I'm banging the table about. You're not someone I'm excited to see us count on. And the last name I wanted to talk about was Amin Ogbong-Bemiga. I don't know if I said that right at all, but I loved the name, and I saw he had some coverage potential online when I was reading through some prospect reviews, prospect breakdowns, whatever you want to call them, when I was looking for the top targets to watch. And I did not see that on tape at all. He's short, stocky, build very barrel chested. He was an interesting guy, uh, has a couple hard hits, but fairly weak. I literally wrote down weak. I didn't feel like he had any knockdown power at all. He can deliver a blow from time to time, but it's usually against an offensive lineman. He just kind of throws his body against them. It's interesting, but if he gets off blocks. He never beats them. He, he can shed them a little bit, but it's usually the runner runs by him. He jumps off, then gets them. So he still gets a tackle, but he's not making a good play in the long run he was just a guy but I saw he had a crazy name I saw he might have some coverage potential and Oklahoma State's got some prospects this year with Chuba Hubbard, Tylan Wallace so I wanted to watch him real quick and I was not super impressed there are some other names like I mentioned earlier that that I admitted that we could be targeting but none of which I'm super enticed by these are the main names that I liked Jeremiah owusu or Zayvon Collins, to me, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. But I do want to go offensive tackle. I think maybe it's probably best call to go offensive tackle round one. If is available, if Slater is available, P.N. is available, neither of those two will be available. Darisol might not even be available. But if those three are gone, then I think we go to owusu or Zayvon Collins. Pick your poison. Whichever one JDR fits thinks fits better. Whichever one Ron thinks fits better that's how you get. You get them their linebacker. You can throw Michael Parsons in there too, but if those three guys are gone, there's no other linebackers around one that I want, and I guess transition back to offensive tackle or maybe even wide receiver at that point, depending on who's available on who falls. Or you also could consider your options of, seriously consider your options of trading back. That's it for the linebackers in this draft, guys. I would really like to see us get a name within the first two rounds. If we already end up with Dylan Moses or Baron Browning. I'm really happy with those guys starting in this defense too. We have a really great front seven right now. Chase Young, Montez Sweat off the edge. We've got De'Ron Payne, Tim Settle, Matt Ionitis, John Allen in the middle. Uh, we got some nice DBs now with Will Jackson, Kendall Fuller, Landon Collins, Camp Curl, if we can play them right. we got some pieces. we got Cole Holcomb. Say what you want about John Bosick, but he's got the experience and he's got the hitting ability. So we're piece of two away. Let's get that linebacker. Let's get that Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley type figure for Ron Rivera. And let's go get that Lombardi. Let's go get a Super Bowl, guys. As always, this episode is going to go out to Rich Tamler, Rip Rich. You've been guiding us to a great offseason so far. Let's continue that for the rest of draft season. Let's finish this show with a bang get us a quarterback, get us a linebacker, get us an offensive tackle. Something I can get excited about to really seal the deal on this already exciting off offseason, Rich. Rip Rich, we love you, Rich. And it's also going to go out to March Madness. This just closed up the tournament. Baylor with a dominant win. Obviously the best team in the, in the country this year. They obviously earned it, but I want to give another shout-out to VCU. They were the only team that got their game canceled. So shout-out to Indiana and the city of Indianapolis as well. Very well thought, very well run. Now, only one game ended up being canceled. Unfortunately, it was my hometown team, VCU. Go Rams. Sad to see, but congrats on making it to the tournament. I would have loved to see you guys make a run as you did back in 2011. That Final Four run was crazy. We love the Rams here, even though I'm a Hokey I'm a Ram too, Ram by heart, Richmond native. Um, and the final four game between Gonzaga and UCLA, crazy game. I was really rooting for UCLA, but can't be mad about that ending, except I am a little mad that Jalen Sugg is in a quarterback because if you haven't seen his, his high school quarterback tape, it's crazy. But he's a great basketball player, too, of course. Great game. Super happy that March Madness back after it was canceled last year. That's really when I realized how crazy this whole COVID situation was going to be. I was like, there's no way they're going to cancel March Madness. Tom Lavera predicted that on the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast. And I was like, this guy's like, I was like, i listened to Tom Lavera for a while. I was like, oh my God, like this is, it? that's so stupid, Tom. And then literally they canceled the tournament in the coming days. It was crazy. I was shocked. I thought, man, we're really in it for this COVID stuff. And we were, but looks like we got some lighting into the tunnel. March Madness is back. Great tournament. Unfortunately, my hockey's got knocked out early, but they played a great game against Florida. I was super happy to have met March Madness bat. I'm a huge college basketball fan, huge basketball fan. But even those who don't love college basketball or basketball tend to get in or be able to get into March Madness. Jumping into the player of the episode now, that's going to be Keelan Williams, the former LSU Tiger, undrafted player, but had a nice little career for us, played two seasons behind Ryan Terrain, Clinton Portis, had a quick stint in Detroit and then played another season with us. So I always liked Keelan Williams. He was just kind of a fun player. I always had him as like my third or fourth running back in my Madden franchises, if it came down to it. Uh He was a backup player that I liked in preseason. And he started three games as an undrafted rookie for us. He wore number 35, so you never see running backs really wear number 35, so that's cool. But he had he had three TDs. He, nice little player for us. Obviously not a huge career, but just another one of those backup players that I really liked and was serviceable. Backed up Ryan Terrain, Clint Portis who I liked as well. And he also played in Detroit, so had a nice little NFL career. Played at LSU, very good college program. Congrats, Keelan Williams, on a good career, man. Making it to the league. We love you here at Cobus Corner. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope to see one of these linebackers on the team. You know, if it's Dylan Moses in round two, that honestly might be my favorite option considering. We could still get Christian Derisal, a personal favorite of mine, but there are multiple ways we could address linebacker in this draft that will make me happy as you just heard make sure to hit us with a follow on twitter at cobra corner it's just the name of the podcast minus C S. and you know hit us up some interaction i always send out polls i'll be talking about the draft on there make sure to leave a review rate the show whatever you're listening to it on it helps it share it with other people that might like it and send it to your friends other washington friends i know you've got washington football team fan friends so make sure to share this show get the listens up and we'll connect this fan base, and let's talk some draft. We'll probably talk wide receivers and tight ends next. Maybe just group in all playmakers, might just group in running backs, tight ends, wide receivers. We'll see. The draft is coming up at the end of the month, and it's already April 8th. Oh, shout-out, happy birthday, Tori, big sister Tori. It's her birthday today. It's now April 8th. It's 1.20 a.m., so it's kind of like it's April 7th. Another birthday of the Pollard family. Happy birthday, Tori. This one's also going out to you.